changes. What's the Word? Brought to you by Columbia Baptist Church in Columbia, Kentucky on 101.9 WAIN. I am Randy Johnson, the senior pastor at Columbia Baptist Church, and thank you for joining us every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock right here on 101.9 WAIN. Well, good evening once again. This is Randy Johnson, your host, senior pastor at Columbia Baptist Church, also adjunct professor at Lindsey Wilson College. Uh, I really enjoy being connected to this community in any way that I can, and certainly enjoy being a pastor in Adair County. I enjoy seeing so many Lindsey Wilson students and honestly seeing so many that are from Adair County go to Lindsey Wilson, uh, also getting to meet students from all over the world. That's always an exciting thing as well. But I'm glad that you have joined me this evening on 101.9 WAIN or 1270 AM or on 1019WAIN.com. You can always live stream. You can even download the app that is applicable for 93.5 as well as 101. Point nine, and so all of those WAIN channels are accessible on the app, and so I just want to encourage you to do that. That way you don't miss any of the content that WAIN puts out there, and certainly you'll be able to live stream on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. Also, I want to encourage you to go to my podcast, which has all of the episodes of What's the Word, and all of those episodes are on my podcast, which is called Walk This Way, which is similar to the name of the show. I've pointed that out before. That was intentional, uh, mainly just to make it easy to remember for people that want to know where they can find content that I have put out there on the internet, in podcasts, uh, in sermons, and different things like that. Not that I think that I am a celebrity and worth listening to because I do not believe that about myself, but I am talking, I get to talk about the Bible. I get to talk about Jesus. I get to talk about the good news of the gospel. And so the only reason I put these things out there is because I want to give as many people the opportunity as possible to hear what the Bible has to say for their life. And so that's why I promote all of these opportunities like the podcast and and this radio show as well. So just want to encourage you to find that. You can find it most easily at anchor.fm. That is the website that hosts Walk This Way. If you want to just go straight to the homepage for my podcast, it's anchor.fm slash forward or backward slash, whatever you call it, Walk This Way. So it's anchor.fm backslash walk this way. So uh, I got into a debate. I say that, uh, you know, forward or backward slash. I got into a debate several years ago with people who honestly thought it was a forward slash. And I guess as you look at it, it, there's really no way to know. Is it a forward slash? Is it a backward slash? It's sort of like one of those things like the five-point star You can find this on Facebook or on the internet. People will say, well, where do you start drawing the five-point star? 
and they've got all of the points numbered. I think there's like eight of them where you can potentially start from and where you finish. You know, it's, it's a star. And I mean, you know, wherever you start is where you start. I guess it's all in how you've been trained. So I guess the forward slash is forward. If you go from, you know, top to bottom or it's backwards. If you go from bottom to top, I I don't know. Whatever it is that you call it, it is included in the web address for my anchor website that hosts all of the content of this show, sermons I've preached, other things that I've done as well. You can look up our church on uh, on Facebook as well. You can find Columbia Baptist Church on Facebook. Uh, I also have a page that has links to different things. Uh, on Facebook, it's uh, Pastor Randy Johnson. I think it's Dr. Randy Johnson something. Uh, so it's a Facebook page. So anyway, you can you can look for that as well. I'm giving you all of these things not because I'm trying to waste time. I'm just trying to get all these commercials out of the way before I start on the content of the show tonight. So let me just say this. The last couple of weeks that I have done this show... I have talked a good bit about the presidential election, which I'm going to just very briefly in just a handful of minutes discuss tonight. I also want to talk a little bit about masks and mandates, but very, very little. I have a couple of stories to share with you tonight. We're thinking this, the name of the show is what's the word. And the goal of this radio show is to tell you what does the Bible say about everyday life. I find these news stories that, frankly, are part of everyday life. You may see them. You may click past them. They may pop up on whatever Internet news site that you utilize. And you might see these, click on them, read them, and just not even think two thoughts about them. I'm going to give you a couple of stories tonight that I really think are going to grab your attention in a whole new way. And, and honestly, there are things that no matter how you lean on certain issues, when you hear what the word says, I really hope that you lean the direction uh, that the Bible says. That, that's, that's really my hope and my goal. That being said, let me just say a few things about the presidential election And then I'm going to say a few things about masks and mandates, and then I'm going to get into the real meat of the show. You know, last week I discussed the presidential election at length. And, you know, honestly, the Bible is clear that as Christians, we are to honor those that are in positions of authority. We are to pray for them. We are to abide by morals and moralities moral rights, moral laws, all of those things. Obviously, if there is some law that is made that goes against the word of God, then our first allegiance is to the word of God. But this presidential election and the last couple of weeks has really just been fascinating to me as an American citizen. And, you know, honestly, in in a lot of elections in the past, I have kept up with things and I have 
have looked at some of the policies and the stance that, that some of the candidates have had, whether they're libertarian, Democrat, independent, Republican, whatever, just to kind of get a flavor and a, and a feeling for what do these people believe? What, what would they stand on if they were elected? And it's always fascinating to me to hear how divided America is, and yet when there is one person that wins the election, that person is supposed to bring unity. So I've talked a little bit about that, and honestly, the only unity that we'll ever have in our country is if we just come to Jesus and, and rest in him and know him and lift up the cross of Christ. That, that's the only way that our country is going to have unity and, and really value the freedom that we have from Christ. All that being said, though, with the presidential election, you know, some people saw this as a done deal on what we have called election night, even though I don't think it's fair to really call it election night when there are still states in our, in our country that are still counting votes. I don't understand that. I don't understand why a system that is really for the entire country cannot be regulated and it can it can why can it not be the same process for every single state in the United States? I I have said this, I don't know if I've said this on the show, but I've said it to people that I've talked to about the election. I understand like in the state of Kentucky there were things that were specific to the state of Kentucky that were on the same ballot as the president of the United States. I think they should have been two different ballots. I think whenever we're voting on things that are federally related, that should be on one ballot. And it should be counted one way. The ballot should all be the same. The counting should all be the same. The process should all be the same. The voting machine should all be the same. No matter what they are, whether they're the big, you know, Coke machine style, or whether they're the kinds that you color in the little box and then the, you feed them into what looks like a digital printer, whatever the process is, it needs to be the same. And then when there are anything state related, and, and yes, even things that happen in our own city, like city council and things like that. Everything that is related to the state of Kentucky should have been on its own ballot. And everything related to any federal United States ballot, like the president of the United States, I think should be its own. Now, I realize that the more ballots you have, the, the more pieces of paper you have, the more counting and the more perhaps sophisticated it would be. Frankly, I think, and that would be one argument, but I think it would be much simpler because then you're just counting ballots. They're all the same. The state can do it any which way they want to. They can require you to stand on your head and close one eye, you know, to vote for, uh, you know, somebody in a local election or a state election. But when it comes to the president of the United States and we're all sitting here waiting for all of these silly ballots to be, not silly, but these ballots to be counted and everybody has a different process and, and some are 
Uh, it's exhausting. You know, some are wanting to be thrown out because they didn't come in in time. Some were, you know, improper. Some people got two or three ballots in the mail and all of this stuff. It just makes my head hurt. I'm saying all of this to say, I don't know when any of this is going to be finished. I don't know, hopefully by the time January rolls around, we will know who the next president of the United States is going to be, whether it's going to be Joe Biden or, or Donald Trump. I read articles that don't make the mainstream media about voter fraud potential. There are plenty out there. Uh, there are plenty of news sources that are not called CNN, Fox, and MSNBC that have all sorts of sources and information and affidavits about voter fraud. And I don't know what's going to happen as a result of it. I don't know if it's going to get thrown out. I don't know if they'll be validated. I don't know if the voter fraud stuff, accusations, affidavits, I don't know if it's just going to get swept under a big rug. I have no, no idea. But here's what I do know. What I do know is that whoever is the president of the United States, it is an office that I really hope and pray that people respect. You know, I was driving today and I saw an American flag waving, a big American flag waving. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like the flag. There's a lot of people that don't like the national anthem. There's a lot of people in America that don't like America. And there is enough patriotism, and I think it's okay to use that word, there's enough belief in our country, and there's enough people in our country that value the freedom that we have as Americans who are going to stand for America, and they're going to continue to promote the, the wonderful freedom that we have in this country. And like I said, I just hope and pray that whoever the next president is, that we would do our best to respect the position, pray for guidance. Uh, you know, and here's the other thing that, that I just find crazy about the president and the presidential election is that sometimes, and I know I've said this before, but I think it's worth saying again, I think sometimes we think, Oh, great. Now that we have that president, the sky is going to fall. Here's the deal. There are checks and balances in the United States government that just because one particular person is in charge, so to speak, or is the figurehead of our country, that does not necessarily mean that our entire country is going to be flushed down the toilet. So let's pray for the checks and balances as well. Because there may be a branch of government that is far more anti-Christian, uh, anti-freedom. There may be branches of government at times that don't go along with the majority of the way that American citizens believe. Or certainly a way that God would bless. And so we need to pray for all of those branches. Not just the, the President of the United States, but we need to be praying for the Speaker of the House and the majority and the minority leader and you know all of those different branches of government. And that brings me to, so I'm going to put that to bed. So that brings me to the masks and the mandate. I read that Oregon 
is one of the states in the United States who is mandating masks and uh, statewide, and they are. I don't know the right word to use. I don't want to say they're mandating or commanding or requiring because really there's there's no honest way to do that. But I'll just say that they are mandating that people limit their Thanksgiving gathering to six. I don't understand how that's even possible, uh, to be real honest. I, I, I don't... It, it, it exhausts me to think that for the sake of the lives of people in our country that have been, which I'm not, I'm not downplaying the number of people that have contracted the coronavirus and, and have suffered with it and have passed away with it. Uh, thankful for those that have recovered from it. I know the recovery rate is really high. Yes, people are just over wearing the mask, the social distancing, and all of those things. But at the same time, Oregon has said that they were willing to use their local police forces to fine and or arrest people for not adhering to this, I guess, this mask mandate and this six people gathering at Thanksgiving. And I mean, I understand that our hospitals, that, that some of our hospitals are overwhelmed and that some of our nursing and doctor's facilities are short-staffed. But I also just wonder, do we have the police force in the United States of America? Let's just take Oregon. Does Oregon have, as a state, the adequate police force to enforce fines and jailing for people that don't wear a mask when they go into Walmart or if there are seven people at grandma's house instead of six for Thanksgiving. This is what Oregon is, is stating that they're willing to do over the next couple of weeks. Y'all remember back when all of the quarantine stuff started, the, the big phrase was, 15 days to flatten the curve. Well, we're 260-some days into flattening the curve, and the curve hasn't flattened. I mean, I know that the vaccine is, is being talked about and promoted. I don't care if Trump or Biden gets credit for it. I'm, I'm over reading articles where, you know, Pfizer didn't want to bring about the news that they had this that they had this vaccine until after the election until after it was assumed that Biden would win you know so that you know Trump didn't get credit for it who cares if the virus is that bad and the vaccine is that good who cares who gets credit for it i believe it was ronald reagan years ago that said that our country could, I'm paraphrasing, but that our country could do great things as long as nobody cared who got the credit for it. It may have been Ronald Reagan, and I don't know who, now that I say that out loud, I do know that it was said many years ago. But that's true of organizations, it's true of churches, it's true in your families. 
lots of good things can happen if nobody is concerned about who gets the credit for it. And so if the virus is that bad and if the vaccine is that good, then just release the thing, let people have it, and, and let's see if the thing works and, and gets all of this stuff settled down. But I, you know, I read the story from out of Oregon again, as I referred to just a moment ago, and their mandates of masks and six people maximum at Thanksgiving and the, the threat of using the police force to fine or jail those that do not comply I, it just feels like we don't live in the United States of America anymore. I mean, I get the recommendations of science. I get that we have been told about the virus. We have been asked to comply. We have been asked to social distance and wear masks. There have been places that have required businesses that have required social distancing. They've required masks to enter into the building and to... I get that, but to take it a step forward to say that we're going to fine you or put you in jail if you don't comply just seems like an infringement on the liberty that we have in the United States. And maybe, maybe this is part of the, the tension of being the country that we are because part of what has made America the successful nation that it is is because we are the land of opportunity and that people do have freedom. And within the bounds of the law, they can think for themselves and, and decide for themselves and you know start businesses and promote things. And you know they've got freedom. We have, as Americans, freedom to do some of these things. But maybe because of that tension of having that freedom, maybe it's when things like this come along and a state says we're going to require you to do x y and z people go back to their freedom and they say no you can't make me do that this is a free country i'm not doing that so it, the tension is there it's going to be there i don't know i would be fascinated in about two weeks to see how many people oregon have has fined and put in jail as a result of what the governor said. My thinking is it's going to be pretty low because good grief, how many police officers do they really have throughout the entire state to drive through neighborhood by neighborhood and go house to house to make sure that there's six or less. I mean, this, this, this doesn't sound like America. This doesn't, it doesn't even sound, and I'm not going to say what I think it sounds like, but it just, to me, it just sounds ridiculous to think that in a free country that we could take things that far. So do I believe in the social distancing and the hand washing and the staying safe and all of that? Absolutely. I think for a season, I think we do need to do that. How long is it going to last? I don't really know. But I do think that it is interesting that now that the election is over, now all of a sudden there is a quote-unquote vaccine. And, you know, they're saying by April everybody should have access to it. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. My, my head hurts when I think of it. And I just, 
I just don't know why America has gone to the lengths, the lengths that we have gone to. And I don't know. I mean, maybe some countries have gone further than us and have been successful at reining some of the stuff in and America hasn't gone far enough. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. I'm just, I'm voicing the tension and the frustration that exists in a lot of people to just simply say, when is there going to be some kind of a solution? When is there going to be an end to some of this that just seems to go on and on and on? I have a couple of stories for you. As I said earlier, I am always fascinated, fascinated when I look at news sources to see what it is that people are talking about and to see what it is that, that really frustrates people worldwide and, and in America, you know, because honestly in the United States, what aggravates us is probably pretty small scale in terms of what aggravates the rest of the world. We are we are completely spoiled and we have so many <laughs> we have so much sensitivity to so much junk that we get offended about almost anything. And so I, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. And I have done many many shows on this broadcast very similar to the topic that I'm going to be sharing with you tonight. And it is the topic of human life and what does the Bible say about the value of life. Now, if, if we were playing poker, I suppose, I just showed you my cards because now you already know what the punchline is to some of these stories. But I'm going to tell you anyway what the stories are because I, to me this is this is worth this is worth talking about so here is the line of the article that was found in the publication the guardian i do not endorse these news sources uh, as being favorites of mine or whatever i just find the story and i report to you from where i find the story okay so here is the line and the headline of the story. And the first line of it is in quotes, and it says, quote, everyone is outraged and sad, close quote. And then it says, Canada shocked by the killing of rare white moose. The Flying Post First Nation in northern Ontario, offered a reward after what was called a spirit moose, which is a mostly white moose, and considered sacred, apparently, was killed by suspected poachers. Uh, the moose are not albino, uh, but they get their color from a recessive gene. So it is a rare, quote-unquote, spirit moose, that has been killed. Now, apparently, these the, the white moose have already been rare, hard to find, and 
not really sure, to be quite honest, what has made the white moose sacred. You know, when something is rare and you don't see it very often and it is taken away, I can understand the disappointment. But I have always struggled to some degree with certain endangered species. Um, now, if something is killed and becomes an endangered species just simply for sport um, or just for the thrill of the kill or for the sake of just making money, then I would say that's, that's probably not wise. But it is unusual to have the line of thinking that something becomes endangered because it is being used for a usable function. Almost to the, to the extreme of saying, okay, well, if, let's just take, I don't know, let's, just, let's take squirrels, for example. Squirrels are not extinct. They're everywhere. But let's just suppose that squirrels were used all over the world for, I don't know, let's just say for fuel. All right, I'm making this up as, a, as an example. But let's just say squirrels were used for fuel. And instead of digging for oil, instead of using the sun, instead of using wind, the power of a dam with water, let, let's just suppose that somebody figured out a way to kill squirrels and to use them for, for fuel. And as a result, all over the world, squirrels became extinct. Now, is there a greater function and a greater purpose for squirrels that I'm not aware of? Probably. In the grand ecosystem of life, is there a function that squirrels serve that we need in, in the world? Probably. But if squirrels were being used for something like fuel, for example. Um, I don't see, if squirrels were to become extinct, I don't see that as an issue because they were being used for a function and a purpose. Now, I'm giving you a really poor example that you can obviously argue with and say, you're ridiculous for saying that. And that's fine because I am making a ridiculous argument. I'm... I'm creating something that is not even real just to make this point. I don't think that moose are extinct. I don't think that moose are used for any particular function other than just sport. I don't know that people, when they kill moose, I don't know that they're eating the moose I don't know that they are using the, the moose for clothing. Okay, so you see my point. I think it is just for sport. To say that a rare genetic cause of making a brown moose a white moose makes it then unique, yes, I go along with that. To make it rare in occurrence, yes, I go along with that. To be upset that a non-extinct animal like a moose 
is being hunted like moose are done all over the country of Canada all the time. And this one that has a rare gene that makes it white has been killed to lead the story by saying everyone is outraged and sad. That is in quotes. I find ridiculous. And now I'm going to tell you why. I understand that poachers are out to make money and they're going to kill this animal. They are out for something they can put up on a wall. And look, if you sell a moose head that is white and everybody else has brown and it is a verifiable genetic fact that this moose was white and you have one to put on your wall... Yeah, I get it that you could make a lot of money. People would buy something that is rare. But at the end of the day, what is it that people really value? Do you value the rarity of the moose or do you value the life of the moose? In other words, is the moose that has been killed precious to you or is it the fact that this particular genetic abnormality makes it so fascinating that now it becomes sacred and untouchable. I'm going to tell you what irritates the fire out of me is when an entire country can get upset about the killing of a white moose when there are, and I don't know the laws in Canada, but when there are millions upon millions of human beings that are killed in the womb every single year all over the world and there seems to be little you know little countrywide outrage for that we sweep that under the rug because we call that choice and do you know why that is because we don't see human life as rare and valuable and precious. We see a, gen a genetic abnormality like a white moose as something sacred and rare and precious and valuable. And how dare these poachers take one of these white moose from us? I can understand somebody killing a moose for money. I don't understand a medical professional taking a human life out of the body of another human and calling that science, calling that choice, calling that a medical procedure. I don't understand that. And I'm not going to apologize for not understanding that. Going back to the presidential election, I'm just going to I'm going to tell you this right now. I am and I mentioned this last week, and so for those of you that don't remember or don't believe me, you can go back and listen. I said this last week. I vote based on policies, not personality. I'm not going to vote for somebody 
who is going to make it easy to kill babies in the womb. I'm not going to vote for a person who has a policy that is what has been termed pro-choice when if we're really going to be honest, we're just going to call it pro-murder. I mean, let's just be honest. You're taking something that is alive. It's not cancer. It's not a tumor. It's not some abnormal growth. It is genetic DNA that comes from two humans that is being knit together in the womb of a human, a woman, to form and fashion a life with a heartbeat, with a brain, with fingers and toes, and do not tell me that we're going to call that a medical procedure when we're going to end life, which is, by the way, the same way that these people that are ending life came into the world. You know, here's a remarkable statistic. 100% of the people that are quote-unquote pro-choice were not aborted. So there's that. And maybe I've had too much coffee today. Maybe I'm just feeling a little too sassy. I, I have no idea. But I'm going to tell you, when I read that an entire country like Canada is outraged and sad that a white moose got killed, and yet there are millions of babies that are being taken out of the womb and that are being killed day after day after day, all over the globe and particularly in the United States because we claim to, to be all about pro-choice and, and all of that foolishness, we fail to value the rarity of human life. You, know, you, think, you think that a, a white moose that has a genetic abnormality, you think that's rare? You might see another one, you might not. You may have a male here, a female there, or whatever, and, and this rare gene is going to go on. And it might just pop up every so often. You know what's even more rare than that? Human life. You know who does not have a fingerprint like mine? Everybody. You know, I'm the only me that exists in the universe, and y'all are welcome for that. Even my own children that share part of my DNA and part of my wife's DNA, they are their own people. They are unique. So don't tell me that a white moose is so rare and sacred that it should be spared, but a human being that has their own genetic development and their own uniquenesses and their own fingerprints that there's only one of them that's ever going to be don't tell me that that's less rare than a white moose i don't watch as many movies by the way as i used to used to be that you know that was just something that my wife and i used to do to pass the time or what you know we put on a movie or whatever find some action movie or comedy or whatever or you know we take the kids to the movie sometimes we would go you know date night whatever or just watch something rent something you know the 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 rental places were pretty popular 
But I watch enough and I pay attention enough to know the names of people that are in movies and that are somewhat popular. I'm going to mention a name to you that those of you that like comedies probably have heard over the last probably 10 years. And she is a, a comedian, movie actress. I don't know if she's been on television before or, you know, in any sitcoms or whatever. I think she's primarily a movie actress. But she has promoted, I think is a good word, a new donation to charity emphasis. And she's called it 20 Days of Kindness. And the 20 Days of Kindness is something that this actress, who, by the way, her name is Melissa McCarthy. So let me just, I'll just kind of back up here. So Melissa McCarthy is doing this 20 Days of Kindness campaign. And she's giving $20,000 to 20 different charities and encouraging her fans to donate as well. So this news story that I'm bringing to you says, this is the headline, Melissa McCarthy was called out for donating to an anti-abortion charity and she just responded on Instagram. Here is the bottom line of what she said, quote, there's no other way to say it, we blew it. So apparently there is a Christian organization called Exodus Cry. I've heard of it. And it was one of the charities that Melissa McCarthy used in this 20-day challenge that she and her people, her team, whatever, indicated that this was one of the 20 charities that she was promoting. And it's a Christian organization that is an anti-sex trafficking group but it is also trying to end all sex work. Um, And what that means is they're trying to deal with all the ramifications of anything sexual, sex-related in terms of prostitution, sex trafficking, all of that, and even describing abortion as holocaust and said that homosexuality is quote and this is from the company quote that homosexuality is quote an unspeakable offense to god and this particular company is affiliated with a right wing this is according to the article a right wing conservative christian group called the international house of prayer So Melissa McCarthy went on Instagram and made a video saying that this charity is not one that she should be promoting. And she was called out by a news organization and several people on social media. And so she responded on Instagram. And here's what she said. She said, quote, hi there. It's come to our attention that our 20 Days of Kindness, which is a kindness hub that we started to shine a light on 20 great charities, had one in there that there's no other way to say it, we blew it. Now, this is all her quotes. 
She said, quote, we made a mistake and we backed a a charity that upon proper vetting stands for everything that we do not. She went on to say, so I want to thank everyone on social who said, what are you doing? Are you sure you want to back this? Because the answer is, no, we do not. She went on to say, quote, we have pulled it. We are so incredibly grateful for you ringing the bell and helping us to be better. We are sorry for our mistake. Oh boy, are we sorry for it. Can't believe that we missed it. She says, let the kindness continue. And hoping that the other charities are doing some amazing work and will be backed and will be supported by not only her, but her fans as well. It stands for everything that we are not. Which means Melissa McCarthy, which goes without saying, is not Christian, is not right-wing, is not conservative, is not pro-life, is not anti-abortion, is not anti-sex trafficking. She says that this organization is everything that she is not. Whenever you take morality and you take a moral decision of what to do with a person's body, when it becomes immoral to some, to dictate what they do with their body, meaning being pro-life and anti-abortion, that is offensive. But apparently to Melissa McCarthy, though, the reason she chose this is because it was against sex trafficking like prostitution and that type of thing and abducting children and abducting teenagers and selling them for this this purpose, apparently dictating someone in power, dictating how these children and how these um, young adults, how their bodies are used to make money, apparently that is offensive to her. Do you see the, the, the irony there? It is ironic, she says, to tell somebody that you can't do something with your body in one way, but in another way, the person doing something to this other person's body, they should be held accountable. In other words, if somebody is sold into sex slavery, You can't blame the the, the person being sold. You have to blame the seller, and you have to blame the buyer. They are the ones that are wrong because they are deciding what is happening to this person's body. However, in abortion rights and being pro-abortion, anti-life, she is saying, It's okay to tell a a person, a, a baby forming in the mother's womb, you don't get to decide. You don't have a voice. You don't have a say in this. We are deciding for you before you are born what your life is going to be. 
and we are deciding on your behalf whether or not you have the right to life. So on one hand, Melissa McCarthy would back an organization that is anti-sex trafficking because it is abusing children, young adults, but she is pro-abortion that tells the unformed child in the mother's womb, you don't have a say in this. However, she said that this organization is everything that she is not and stands for everything that she does not. So apparently that means that she is pro-sex trafficking and pro-prostitution and pro-selling children and teenagers into sex slavery. You see, whenever you start drawing lines and you make them curvy, what you end up doing is you include certain sins, but you exclude others. So apparently it is okay for Melissa McCarthy to tell a company, we're going to support you in the sense of we are against sex trafficking. But we're not going to support you in the sense of we are not pro-life. We are pro-abortion. And it just boggles my mind at how uninformed people really, really are. I say that because it's normally pro-life people that are seen as ignorant and blind and judgmental. And it's pro-abortion people that claim to be smart, intelligent, uh, educated, well-informed, pro-choice, you know, all of this. And, and, and they seem to be behind the science and behind all of this when they don't even understand a beating heart of a child that develops in a mother's womb. They don't even understand the brain and the spine and the fingertips and the limbs that are being formed inside of a mother's womb and they see nothing precious about that blows my mind that you that we live in a country where we're drawing lines around certain sins but we're but we're being so careful to make that a squiggly line it's not a straight line where it's either all of one or the other no we have to make a squiggly line because we're going to include this sin but we're going to exclude that one because with this one we disagree but with this one we agree and you have a Christian company that stands on Christian and biblical principles, and they get discounted 100% because they stand for things like life, human decency, the opportunity for life to abound and to flourish. Yeah, we're not for that, she says. We don't believe in that, she says. But look, as I mentioned a moment ago, when it comes to voting... I vote principles and not personality. There, there are plenty of personalities that I have voted for that honestly were not, not my cup of tea. But if they promote the principles and the values that are found in the scripture, at least closer than the other candidate, then they're going to get my vote. And I'm not going to apologize for that. I have seen people that have you know posted on social media, they say, I'm a one policy 
balloteer. I look for one policy and one policy only, and that is the policy of either pro or anti-abortion. Pro-abortion or pro-life. And wherever you fall, that's how I'm going to vote. And look, that's probably both sides. I'm sure there are people that would, that would vote for someone if it were not for their pro-life stance. And there's probably some that would vote for others if they were not pro-abortion stance. And maybe they agree with their tax policy. Maybe they agree with their government strategy. Maybe they agree with their military strategy. But when it comes to issues of morality like anti-abortion and being pro-life, there's not one fiber in my being that's going to say that I'll ever vote for somebody who's not going to protect the unborn children in the wombs of America, especially in the wombs of, of moms in America, especially when there are long lists of couples who are not able to have children who would adopt those precious babies in a heartbeat. Just give them a chance. Just give those babies a chance to come into the world to be adopted into a loving family, give those children a chance to grow and have the same opportunity that those who believe in abortion have had. Again, you know, 100% of the people that are pro-abortion have not been aborted. They were given the right to life. And yet, for whatever reason, they value this choice to say that you should have the choice to end this life that is growing inside of you. Look, I, I can understand it in, in, in rare cases, in certain cases, and, and, and you know, medical issues. I, I can understand those case-by-case situations. But to legalize something that is immoral is always going to be wrong. I've done, I, I've done several shows on the sanctity of human life. And again, just in light of the presidential election, in light of some Senate races and, and all of that and, and Congress and all of that all over our country uh, here in the last couple of weeks and, you know, what's the balance in the House of Representatives and all. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> there's a lot of things that they're going to decide in terms of, uh, like I said, of taxes and the military and the way the government is functioning and, and you know, they're, they're going to decide all sorts of things that even they aren't going to care 100% about. But when you get to certain issues like morality, certain issues that touch the heart of Americans that vote for people and put them in these positions then you're really talking about what makes America who we are. It's That goes back to that tension that I mentioned a moment ago, and that is very simply that we have a tension in the United States that, yes, while we have the freedom to permit and to put laws in place to allow abortions to be legal, yes, we as a country have that within our quote-unquote freedom. But even the Bible says to Christians, don't use your freedom as a freedom to sin. Don't use the freedom as a Christian 
as an opportunity to find more ways to sin. Use your freedom to serve other people, the Bible says. Use your freedom to make better opportunities for people around you, not just selfish things that you want or that you think would be good for you, but serve others in a way that you're providing opportunities for them. Look, at the end of the day, America is a wonderful country because we are, as the song and, and you know, as the poems say, land of the free and home of the brave. And we have waved that flag. We have promoted freedom all over the world. We have helped other countries fight for their own freedom. We believe in that. We were founded upon that. But sometimes we have been guilty of using that freedom to promote selfishness, to promote sinfulness, and to put the needs of selfish people first. Rather than being a country that helps the helpless. You know, you think about what's on the, what's on the Statue of Liberty. You know, give me your poor, give me your homeless, you know, give me the, the tossed out of your country. And we have had a legal process of seeing people from other countries come to be citizens of this country for many, many, many years. Because we promote freedom and we promote opportunity. And what is frustrating is here you have an unborn child in the womb of its mother who is neither given freedom nor opportunity or life. And somehow or other in a free country and in the greatest country in all of the world, somehow that has become okay. And it's not. Well, to close the show tonight, let me just say I hope next week that you all have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I will probably have a show next Wednesday night. I don't know how many of you will be listening to it because you'll probably be either making plans or finalizing plans to be with family. But I certainly hope that in this season of Thanksgiving, in this late fall heading into Christmas time, that we can all just stop and be thankful for what we have and be thankful for what God has done. And even if you're not a Christian and not a believer in Jesus and you don't even believe that God exists, let me just tell you, this show called What's the Word? I'm pointing you to the Word of God. And the Word of God is just as true today as the day that each book in it was written. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He is a merciful God. He is a gracious God. God is a giving God. He is a God of love. He has been so good to America. And my prayer is that America would be good for the kingdom of God. And I'm, that's, you know, regardless of who the president is and regardless of what the House of Representatives looks like, I'm going to keep preaching and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ because that's the only hope that we have. Regardless of who's in the White House and regardless of, uh, of what the morality is in our country, we all need Jesus. And I'm just going to keep preaching him and lifting up his word uh, as long as God gives me life and breath. And so for that, I'm thankful. That's one of the reasons that I'm, that I'm thankful. So 
again, I just wanted to pass that along to you. I hope that you all have a great rest of the week. Don't forget to find this podcast or this radio show on my podcast, which is called Walk This Way. You can find it on all sorts of platforms that carry podcasts. Just do a search for Randy Johnson, Walk This Way, and hopefully you'll find it. Have a great rest of the evening. Have a great rest of the week, and may God bless you, and thanks for joining me tonight. I'm afraid the masquerade